welcome on to NBA Recap. Today is Sunday, December 26th, and we had five games on in the NBA last night, so let's get right into them. Starting off in New York, the Knicks defeated the Hawks 101-87. In Milwaukee, the Bucks defeated the Celtics 117-113. In Phoenix, the Warriors beat the Suns 116-107. In Los Angeles, the Nets defeated the Lakers 122-115. And finally, in Utah, the Jazz beat the Mavericks 120-116. So we will break down all five of those games in just a moment. But first, if you'd like to follow the show on social, we are at NBA Recap Pod, or you can just search YouTube or Smart Speakers for NBA Recap Podcast. And if you enjoy the show, consider subscribing or leaving a review. It really helps get the word out. All right, so starting off today in New York, where the Knicks easily defeated the Atlanta Hawks 101-87. to the Knicks were led by Julius Randle. He had 25 points, and they also got a triple-double from Kemba Walker. 10 points, 10 rebounds, and 12 assists. Whereas the Hawks were led by John Collins and DeLon Wright, both of whom had 20 points in the starting lineup. But unfortunately for Atlanta, they were just outplayed from the jump in this game. They were outscored by the Knicks 30-21 to in the first quarter, and then they pretty much just maintained that lead throughout the rest of the game. It waxed and waned a little bit. Throughout the second quarter, it was within double digits. But then in the third, the Knicks reestablished a double-digit lead. They outscored the Hawks 20-15 in that third quarter. At one point after Julius Randle hit a 19-footer, the Knicks were up 65-51 just a couple of minutes into the third. So they had a comfortable 15-point lead going into the final period, and they did not waver at all in the fourth. The rookie, Quentin Grimes, came out of the gates hot with a three-pointer just 45 seconds into the final period that put the Knicks up by 18. It was 84-66. to 66. So in the end, a comfortable win here for the Knicks in Madison Square Garden on Christmas. And the Knicks shot the ball better than the Hawks from the field, 44% versus just 37%. And from three, the Knicks were 40% from beyond the arc. That's pretty efficient, whereas the Hawks were just 34%. And Atlanta turned the ball over more than the Knicks, and they were out-rebounded as well. So pretty much in every way, this was a dominating victory for New York. And with this win, they now improved to 15-18. and 18. So they are still in 12th in the Eastern Conference, just half a game behind the Hawks now in 11th, and one game up on the Indiana Pacers in 13th. And the Knicks have a negative 0.8 point differential, which is worse than all the teams around them, the three teams ahead of them plus the Pacers below them. And they are 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. And as for the Hawks, of course, they are half a game up on the Knicks now. With this loss, they are 15-17, and 17, so currently in 11th in the Eastern Conference, half a game behind the Toronto Raptors and Boston Celtics in 9th and 10th, and half a game up on the Knicks, one and a half games up on the Indiana Pacers all the way down in 13th. And the Hawks are just 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. They've really been struggling with no Trey Young. They have a plus 0.8 point differential, though, which is about where they should be in the conference standings. All right, so moving on to the box score, and the Hawks, as I mentioned, were led by John Collins and DeLon Wright. Collins, in 33 minutes, was 7 of 18 from the field. He had three three-pointers, eight rebounds, three assists, and two blocks. Although he was negative 21 in the plus-minus, that was a team low. They also got 20 from the backup point guard, DeLon Wright, inserted into the starting lineup in place of Trey Young, and he had 20 points in 34 minutes. He was 8 of 13 from the field and 4 of 5 from beyond the arc, so a really efficient game for Wright. He had 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, and a block as well, so pretty solid production from Wright. And they also got 10 points from Cam Reddish in 34 minutes. He was not very efficient, 4 of 15 from the field, just 1 of 8 from beyond the arc. He had 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. 
Six points for Clint Capella, the big man in 28 minutes was 2 of 7 from the field, just 2 of 6 from the free throw line, and he had 9 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 blocks. And Bogdan Bogdanovich rounding out the starting lineup had 8 points in 36 minutes. He was also ice cold in this game, 2 of 12 from the field. Both of his makes came from beyond the arc. He had 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and 1 steal. And off the bench for the Hawks, they got 11 points from Skylar Mays in 23 minutes. He was 5 of 11 from the field. He had 2 assists and 2 steals. 6 points for Gorgie Jang, the backup big man. He had 5 assists and 4 rebounds in 20 minutes. He is once again going to be Atlanta's primary option at the big man spot coming off the bench because Onyeka Okongwu, the sophomore who started the previous game, just entered into the COVID health and safety protocols. And the Hawks also got 4 points from the rookie Jalen Johnson in 15 minutes. He had 7 rebounds as well. And 2 points from Lance Stevenson, the recent acquisition, had 3 rebounds and 2 assists as well. And as for the Knicks, they were led by Julius Randle. He had 25 points in 34 minutes. He was very efficient, 9 of 15 from the field and 6 of 9 from beyond the arc. He was just 1 of 4 from the free throw line though, but he had 12 rebounds, 3 assists, and 1 steal. And he was plus 21 in the plus minus, which was a team high. And they also got 15 points from Evan Fournier in 31 minutes. He was 6 of 12 from the field. He had 3 threes, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and 1 steal. Kimball Walker dropped a triple-double out of nowhere, 10 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists, just one game after he dropped 44 points. He was not nearly as efficient in this game, 3 of 12 from the field, 2 of 9 from 3, but you'll love to see the production throughout the box score for Walker after he was out of the lineup entirely just a couple of weeks ago. And then they also got 9 points from R.J. Barrett making his return. He was also not super efficient. 4 of 15 from the field, just 1 of 8 from beyond the arc, and 0 of 2 from the free throw line. There were some atrocious free throws in this game by both teams. Barrett had 3 rebounds, 4 assists. And Mitchell Robinson rounding out the starting lineup as Nerlens Noel is still unavailable. He had 4 points, 8 rebounds, 1 assist, and 5 blocks in 30 minutes. And off the bench for the Knicks, they got 15 points from the rookie Quentin Grimes. In 25 minutes, he was 5 of 14 from the field. All of his makes came from beyond the arc, and he had two rebounds, two assists, and two steals as well. So nice production there from the rookie Grimes. They also got 13 points from the sophomore, Obi Toppin. The big man in 14 minutes was 5 of 8 from the field, and he had four rebounds and one assist. They also got five points from Todd Gibson, the veteran backup big man, and five as well from Alec Burks in just 18 minutes off the bench. All right, and next up we can move on to Milwaukee, where the Bucks got a rousing come-from-behind victory over the Boston Celtics, 117-113. to The Bucks were led by Giannis Antetokounmpo. He was the best player on the court. He had 36 points and 12 rebounds, and he was carrying the team late in this game. And they also got 17 from Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Whereas the Celtics were led by Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, both of whom had 25 points. And they also got 19 from Marcus Smart. But unfortunately for the Celtics, they just fell apart. In the final couple of minutes of this game, they were actually leading throughout the majority of this game. They had outscored the Bucks 35-22 to in the first quarter, so they had a double-digit lead throughout the majority of the first half. In fact, it was still a 15-point lead at halftime. Boston led 62-47, to so it looked like the Celtics were in control of this game. But then in the third quarter, the Bucks came storming back, and they completely erased that deficit. With four minutes to go, Pat Connaughton hit a three-pointer that cut the deficit all the way to two. And throughout the rest of the third quarter, it was just back and forth. The Bucks were trying their best to even this game up, but the Celtics were just holding them off. The Bucks were never able to tie the game all the way up. They got it to within one, but that was as close as they would get throughout the end of the third. 
The Celtics actually showed fantastic resilience, and they fought back after that comeback from the Bucks. They extended the lead back to four by the end of the third quarter, and then they kept the pressure on at the beginning of the fourth quarter. It was actually former Buck Jabari Parker who was instrumental in extending that lead out, and they reestablished a double-digit lead at the beginning of the fourth quarter. So it looked like the Celtics were just going to cruise to victory in Milwaukee, but Giannis and the Bucks had other ideas. They came storming back once again. Giannis was just incredible. He scored 29 of his 36 points in total in the second half. He was instrumental in both of their comebacks in the third quarter and the fourth. And finally, in the fourth quarter, Bobby Portis got things started with a putback with eight minutes to go. That was the beginning of their comeback. They tied the game up eventually at 111 all after Giannis Antetokounmpo scored and drew a foul with 126 left on the clock, and he missed the free throw. And then Jalen Brown hit a couple on the other end, so that put the Celtics back in front. But then the veteran Wesley Matthews with the most clutch shot of the game, he had a three-pointer with just 30 seconds to go, putting the Bucks up 114 to 113. Remarkably, that was their first lead of the entire game, and they were able to hold on to it from there on out and get this win in the end. So a clutch victory here in Milwaukee for the Bucks, a come-from-behind victory, in fact, and they shot the ball very efficiently, 47% from the field overall and 36% from three. The Celtics weren't terrible. They were actually 37% from beyond the arc, but they were just 42% from the field overall. So the Bucks, in the end, eking out this victory, and they now improve to 22-13 and 13 with this win. So that is good for third place in the Eastern Conference, but they are just behind the Chicago Bulls in second, two games behind the Brooklyn Nets in first, and one game up on the Heat in fourth. And the Bucks are plus 3.4 in the point differential, which is about the same as all four of those other top teams in the East. It's actually the Cavaliers in fifth that have the best point differential. And the Bucks are 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. They're on a three-game winning streak. And as for the Boston Celtics, this loss takes them to 16-17. and 17. So they're down in 9th in the East, just ahead of the Toronto Raptors in 10th, and half a game up on the Hawks in 11th. And the Celtics are half a game behind the 76ers and Hornets in 7th and 8th. So it's very tightly contested there in the middle portion of the Eastern Conference. The Celtics have a plus 1.1 point differential, though, which is better than the three teams ahead of them. And they're 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Celtics, as I mentioned, were led by Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, both of whom had 25 points. Tatum was 7 of 20 from the field, though, so not the most efficient game for him. He was 4 of 10 from the three-point line, though, and 7 of 8 from the free throw line. And he had 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. So pretty solid production from Tatum. And they also got 25 from Jalen Brown in 37 minutes. He was 8 of 18 from the field. He had two threes. He was perfect 7 of 7 from the free throw line. And he had four rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. He was negative 15, though, in the plus minus, and that was a team low. They also got 19 points from Marcus Smart. He was 6 of 14 from the field. He had three threes, two rebounds, seven assists, one steal. 11 points and 14 rebounds for Robert Williams. In 39 minutes, he was 5 of 7 from the field, and he had four assists and two blocks. And Romeo Langford rounding out the starting lineup had five points, two rebounds, and two steals. And off the bench for Boston, just three players saw the court. The sophomore Peyton Pritchard played 30 minutes and had 16 points in that time. He was 6 of 14 from the field, 4 of 8 from beyond the arc, and he had five rebounds and five assists with one steal and one block. He was plus 14 in the plus minus, which was by far a team high. So really solid production there from Pritchard off the bench. And they also got nine points from Jabari Parker against his former team. He was two of four from beyond the arc. He had three rebounds and one steal. And three points for Juancho Hernan Gomez in 16 minutes. 
And as for the Milwaukee Bucks, they were of course led by Giannis Antetokounmpo. This was truly an MVP caliber performance carrying the team, especially in the second half. He had 36 points in 30 minutes. He was 13 of 23 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3, but 10 of 15 from the free throw line. And he had 12 rebounds, 5 assists, and 2 blocks. Just incredible production from Giannis. They also got 17 from Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Middleton had 7 assists, 3 rebounds, 1 steal, and 1 block. And he was plus 21, which was a team high in 36 minutes. And Holiday was 8 of 14 from the field, and he had 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 steals, and a block. They also got nine points from DeMarcus Cousins, still in the starting lineup with no Brooke Lopez. He has replaced Bobby Portis as their starting big man at this point, and in 17 minutes, he was four of 10 from the field. He had eight rebounds. And they also got two points from Grayson Allen in 26 minutes. He was 0 of 4 from the field in this game. And off the bench for the Bucks, they got 16 points from the aforementioned Bobby Portis. In 22 minutes, he had 10 rebounds, 4 assists. He was 6 of 13 from the field. And I would not be surprised at all if he quickly takes back that starting spot from DeMarcus Cousins. They also got 5 points from George Hill in 21 minutes, 3 from Pat Connaughton, and 3 from Dante DiVincenzo making his return finally. It's been months since we've seen DiVincenzo on the court. He, of course, missed the entire championship run in the playoffs last year, but he is back now, and he was 1 of 4 from the field in this game. And 9 points for Wesley Matthews rounding out the bench. He played 18 minutes and had 1 rebound, 2 3-pointers, including that clutch one late in this game that helped secure the victory. All right, and next up we can move on to Phoenix, where the Suns were defeated by the Golden State Warriors, 116-107. to the Warriors were led by Steph Curry, of course. He had 33 points, and they also got 19 from Otto Porter Jr. in the starting lineup, and he was clutch late in this game to help the Warriors get the victory. Whereas the Suns were led by the veteran Chris Paul, he had 21 points and 8 assists, and they also got 18 from DeAndre Ayton and 17 from Mikhail Bridges. Devin Booker was ice cold in this game. He was 5 of 19 from the field overall. And the Warriors are still, of course, pretty shorthanded. No Andrew Wiggins in this game, no Jordan Poole. But despite that, they got out to an early lead, outscoring the Suns 33-27 to in the first quarter. But then the Suns quickly erased that deficit in the second, outscoring the Warriors 35-25. to And so it was just back and forth throughout the rest of this game. It wasn't until the end of the fourth quarter when the Warriors finally started to pull away. It was slowly but surely happening in the fourth as Jonathan Kaminga and Steph Curry were hitting some clutch shots. Curry had a three-pointer with 7.26 left in the fourth that put the Warriors up by five. And then the Suns did their best to get back in it. Jay Crowder hit a three-pointer with three minutes to go that cut the deficit to two, but then it was the veteran Otto Porter Jr. for the Warriors. He was absolutely clutched down the stretch. He hit back-to-back-to-back buckets that helped the Warriors secure this victory. Just incredible shot-making from Porter Jr. He had a 16-footer with two minutes to go that put the Warriors up by four, 111-107. Then he followed that up 20 seconds later with another 16-footer off of a Draymond Green assist. That bumped the lead up to six for the Warriors. And then finally, he hit the dagger, a three-pointer with 107 left on the clock. That one put the Warriors up by nine. So just incredible stuff there from Otto Porter Jr. And that was the final bucket of this game. It ended up 116 to 107. So incredible stuff there for Porter Jr. and the Warriors to hold on and get this victory in Phoenix and retake the number one seed in the Western Conference in the entire league, in fact. The Warriors are now... 27 and 6, so obviously at the top of the West, they are half a game up now on the Phoenix Suns in second. 
three and a half games up on the Jazz in third. And the Warriors have a plus 10.4 point differential, which is best in the league. They're on a three-game winning streak, and they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. And as for the Suns, this loss takes them to 26-6. and six. So as I mentioned, just half a game below the Warriors now in second in the West. They have a plus 7.3 point differential, which is still second, or sorry, third best in the entire league behind the Jazz and Warriors. And they are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Warriors, of course, were led by Steph Curry. He had 33 points in 37 minutes. He was 10 of 27 from the field, so not the most efficient game for Curry. He was 5 of 16 from beyond the arc and 8 of 9 from the free throw line, though. He had 4 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, and a block. He was plus 24 in the plus minus. That was a team high. They also got 19 points from Otto Porter Jr., the veteran. He had those clutch buckets late, and he was 8 of 13 from the field overall. He had three three-pointers in this game, six rebounds, three assists, and one steal. They also got 14 points from Gary Payton the second. He was really efficient, 6 of 9 from the field, and he had two threes, two assists, eight rebounds, and one steal. And eight points for the other two starters, Draymond Green and Kevon Looney. Green nearly had a triple-double, eight rebounds and ten assists. He was three of seven from the field. He had two threes, three steals, and three blocks. Just stuffing the stat sheet there, Green. And then they also got eight points from Kevon Looney. He had ten rebounds and two assists. And off the bench for the Warriors, they got 12 points from the rookie, Jonathan Kaminga. In 21 minutes, he was three of four from the field. He had one rebound. 10 points for the veteran Nemanja Bialica. He was just 1 of 5 from beyond the arc, but he had 2 rebounds and 2 assists. And they also got 6 points from the recent acquisition Quindary Weatherspoon, the former San Antonio Spur. He was actually perfect 3 of 3 from the field. And then they got 4 points from Juan Toscano Anderson in 18 minutes, and 2 points from Chris Chioza. And as for the Phoenix Suns, they were led, as I mentioned, by the veteran Chris Paul. He had 21 points in 38 minutes. He was 7-14 from the field. He had two threes, six rebounds, eight assists, and he was negative five in the plus-minus. That was actually the best of any of the starters. They also got 18 points from the big man, DeAndre Ayton, in 31 minutes. He was 8-10 of 10 from the field, and he had seven rebounds, one assist, one steal, and one block. 17 from Mikhail Bridges in 38 minutes. He was 6-10 of 10 from the field, and he had three three-pointers, six rebounds, one assist, and one steal. 8 points for Jay Crowder in 32 minutes, but he was just 3 of 11 from the field. He had 3 rebounds and 2 assists, and he was a team low, negative 15 in the plus-minus. And Devin Booker rounding out the starting lineup did not have the most efficient game, just 13 points on 5 of 19 shooting. He had 1 3-pointer, three 3 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals. And off the bench for the Suns, they got 11 points from Cameron Johnson in 21 minutes. He had two three-pointers, two rebounds, and two assists. He was plus four in the plus-minus, just one of two players to be positive in that regard. The other was JaVale McGee. He was plus seven in 13 minutes. He was perfect from the field, three of three, and two of two from the free-throw line. He had eight points, seven rebounds, and one block. And they also got seven points from the backup point guard Cameron Payne and four from Landry Shamit. All right, and next up, we can move on to Los Angeles, where the Lakers were defeated by the Brooklyn Nets, 122-115. to The Nets were led by James Harden. He had 36 points, and he had a triple-double, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists, and they also got 34 from Patty Mills. There was obviously no Kevin Durant in this game for Brooklyn, whereas the Lakers were led by LeBron James, another incredible game for him, despite another disappointing loss. He had 39 points on 14 of 25 shooting. He had nine rebounds and seven assists, and they also got a triple-double from Russell Westbrook, 13, 12, and 11, but he was not very efficient in this game, four of 20 
from the field, and he was a team low negative 23 in the plus minus. They did get 20 points and 17 points from Malik Monk and Carmelo Anthony off the bench, though, but nonetheless, the fifth consecutive loss for the LA Lakers. A really disappointing run of form here with no Anthony Davis. But it looked like the Lakers might be able to execute a comeback in this game. They were actually trailing throughout the majority. They had been outscored by the Nets 38-23 to in the first quarter. And the Nets maintained a double-digit lead throughout a lot of the second quarter. But then eventually the Lakers came storming back at the end of the second. They actually cut the deficit all the way to four going into halftime. So the Lakers almost came all the way back. And then it was back and forth throughout the beginning of the third quarter. But then L.A. stagnated once again. They only ended up scoring 20 points in the third quarter, whereas the Nets scored 36. So just like that, the Nets had reestablished a dominant lead, a 20-point lead, in fact. By the end of the third, it was 102-82. to So once again, it looked like the Nets were going to run away with this game. But then the Lakers again were resilient, and they came storming back in the final period. After Patty Mills hit a three-pointer with 10.39 left on the clock, the Nets were up by 23 points. It was 107-84, but then it was their turn to go stagnant, and they failed to score for the next, like, five minutes in a row. And just like that, the Lakers had come all the way back with 2.27 left on the clock. Carmelo Anthony dunked and cut the deficit to four. It was 112-108, to and then it was just back and forth throughout the rest of this game. Patty Mills hit a clutch three-pointer with 134 left on the clock that re-extended the lead to five for the Nets, but then LeBron James quickly responded with a 30-foot bomb, and that cut the deficit to two, and this was 120 left on the clock in the fourth quarter, so it was really tight down the stretch. Then Malik Monk got a layup, tying the game up 115 all, so it looked like the Lakers might come back for the second time in this game and execute this comeback in front of their home crowd in the recently renamed Crypto.com Arena, but unfortunately that was not to be the case as the Nets were able to pull away in the final minute of this game. To close the game out, James Harden hit four consecutive free throws, but before that, it was the big man Nick Claxton who had perhaps the most clutch bucket of the game. It was an alley-oop off of a James Harden assist with 40 seconds to go. It was an insane shot, and it put the Nets up by two, 117 to 115. And it was an and one as well, and he made the free throw. So that was a really clutch three-point play from Nick Claxton. And like I said, that put the Nets up by three, and then those free throws from James Harden sealed the deal. So a good, resilient win here for the Nets in Los Angeles. And so with this win, they now improved to 22-9. and nine. So like I said, they are atop the Eastern Conference, two games up on the Bulls and Bucks in second and third. And they have a plus 3.5 point differential, which is third best in the conference. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. And as for the L.A. Lakers, another disappointing loss for them. They now fall to 16-18. and 18. So they are in 7th right now in the West, half a game behind the Denver Nuggets in 6th. They are just ahead of the Dallas Mavericks and Minnesota Timberwolves in 8th and 9th. It is very tightly contested there in the middle portion of the Western Conference. And then the Lakers are 1.5 games up on the Spurs in 10th. They have a negative 2.3 point differential, which is worse than three teams below them. They're on a five-game losing streak. They're 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. All right, so moving on to the box score, and the Nets were led, as I mentioned, by James Harden. He was just incredible in this game, 36 points in 39 minutes. He was 10 of 25 from the field overall. He had three three-pointers, 13 of 17 from the free throw line. James Harden's still not getting some of those calls that he used to get, but it seems like he is not having as much of a problem in general getting to the free throw line. And he had 10 rebounds and 10 assists as well, one steal and three blocks. So just incredible production throughout the box score from James Harden. 
and they also got 34 from Patty Mills in 36 minutes. He was very efficient, 11 of 17 from the field, 8 of 13 from 3. Insane shooting from Patty Mills. He had 2 rebounds, 7 assists, and 1 steal, and he was plus 19 in the plus minus, which was a team high. They also got 16 points from Bruce Brown in 37 minutes. In the starting lineup with no Kevin Durant, he was 6 of 9 from the field, and he had 6 rebounds, 4 assists. 9 points for Nick Claxton. He stuffed the stat sheet, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, and 5 blocks, and he was 4 of 9 from the field, including that clutch bucket late that helped secure this victory for the Nets. And 15 points for DeAndre Bembry, rounding out the starting lineup. In 27 minutes, the wing was 6 of 9 from the field. He was perfect 3 of 3 from beyond the arc, and he had 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, and 1 block. And off the bench for the Nets, they got 8 points from James Johnson in 25 minutes. He was 4 of 9 from the field, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. And the rest of the bench for the Nets really struggled. 2 points only for Javon Carter and Langston Galloway, and that was it in terms of the scoring. Those two, along with Blake Griffin and Paul Millsap, were a combined 2 of 12 from the field. Carter was 1 of 6, Galloway was 1 of 2, Griffin was 0 of 3, and Millsap was 0 of 1. So it was really the starters that were carrying the Nets in this game. And as for the Lakers, they were being carried by LeBron James once again. He had 39 points in 40 minutes. He has just been putting up incredible numbers over this last run of disappointing losses. It is not his fault at all that the Lakers keep losing. He was 14 of 25 from the field, 3 of 9 from beyond the arc, and 8 of 9 from the free throw line. And he had 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, and a block. Just insane numbers for the 36-year-old LeBron James. And they also got 14 points from Taylor Horton Tucker in 30 minutes. He was 5 of 11 from the field. He had 2 rebounds and 2 assists with a steal. 13 points for Russell Westbrook, but he was ice cold in this game. 4 of 20 from the field. 0 of 3 from 3. He did have a triple-double, 12 rebounds and 11 assists with a steal. And he had 3 turnovers, so that's not terrible. But as I've mentioned before, it's like he's either going to have a bunch of turnovers or he's going to shoot the ball incredibly inefficiently, and that was the case in this game. And they also got 3 points from Wayne Ellington in 14 minutes. He had 3 rebounds. And 2 points from Dwight Howard in just 6 minutes in the starting lineup. And off the bench for the Lakers, they got 20 points from Malik Monk in 35 minutes. He was 8 of 13 from the field. He had three threes, four rebounds, three assists. 17 for Carmelo Anthony in 39 minutes. He was only 6 of 15 from the field, but he had two threes, 11 rebounds, four assists, two steals, and three blocks. So nice production throughout the box score from Carmelo Anthony, and he was plus 10 in the plus minus. That was a team high. And then they also got 7 points from the recent acquisition Stanley Johnson in 27 minutes. And Darren Collison, the other recent acquisition, the point guard, coming out of retirement, uh, he did not score at all in 12 minutes. He was 0 of 3 from the field. All right, and finally, we can move on to Utah, where the Jazz just edged past the Dallas Mavericks, 120 to 116. The Jazz were led by Donovan Mitchell. He had 33 points, and they also got 25 from Boyan Bogdanovich, 22 from Mike Conley. Whereas the Mavericks are still missing Luka Doncic, and so they were led in this game by Jalen Brunson and Kristaps Porzingis, both of whom had 27 points. And then they also got 17 from Frank Nilakina in the starting lineup. And this was a pretty close game throughout. It was back and forth. Early on, it was actually the Mavericks who were leading pretty significantly. They got out to a hot start, outscoring the Jazz 30-14 to in the first 10 minutes of this game. But then it didn't take long for Utah to come storming back, and they had tied the game up a couple of minutes into the second quarter, and then it was just back and forth from there all the way until the fourth quarter. It was a game of runs, I guess you could say. The Jazz went on a little bit of a run at the end of the second quarter. They had a 
nine-point lead with a couple minutes to go in the first half. But then in the third, it was the Mavericks who came back and they took the lead. And they were leading by nine with 4.45 left in the third quarter after a couple of buckets from Kristaps Porzingis. So this one was just back and forth and back and forth. Eventually, the Jazz started to take over late in this game. It was Joe Ingles who made a nine-foot floating jump shot with 8.57 left on the clock in the fourth quarter. That one put the Jazz up by five. It was 99-94. to And then from there on out, the Jazz had control of this game, but the Mavericks went on another little run with 4.44 left on the clock. Jalen Brunson hit a three-pointer. That one cut the deficit to just two. And so the Mavericks were doing their best to get back into this game, but the Jazz were just able to hold them off. Boyan Bogdanovich hit a clutch three-pointer with two minutes left on the clock. That extended the lead for the Jazz to eight. So this one was pretty close down the stretch, but the Jazz were able to just hold on and get this victory. And they shot the ball a little bit better than the Mavericks, 44% from the field versus just 42% overall for Dallas. Both teams were 33% from three, and the Jazz also slightly out-rebounded Dallas as well. So a good gritty win here in Salt Lake City for the Utah Jazz. And with this win, they now improved to 23-9. and So they are still in third in the Western Conference, just three games behind the Phoenix Suns in second, three and a half games off the Golden State Warriors for the top spot, pretty remarkably considering how good the Jazz's record is, and their point differential as well. They are plus 10.3 in the point differential, which is just one-tenth behind the Warriors in first, and they are on a three-game winning streak, the Jazz. They are 8-2 in their last 10 games. So overall, really solid uh, play lately from Utah, whereas the Mavericks with this loss now fall to 15-17. and 17. So they have definitely struggled with no Luka Doncic. They are 4-6 and six in their last 10 games, and they're on a two-game losing streak. They are down in 8th right now, and as I mentioned before, they are tied with the Minnesota Timberwolves in 9th. Both of those teams are 15-17, and 17, and they're just behind the LA Lakers, who are at 16-18 and 18 in 7th. The Mavericks are one and a half games up on the Spurs in 10th and half a game behind the Denver Nuggets in 6th. All right, so moving on to the box score and the Mavs, as I mentioned, were led by Kristaps Porzingis and Jalen Brown, both of whom had 27 points. Porzingis was 8 of 18 from the field, 0 of 5 from beyond the arc, but he was at least 11 of 13 from the free throw line, and he had 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, and 2 blocks. So solid production there from Porzingis throughout the box score other than the 3-point shooting. And Brunson, the point guard, with no Luka Doncic in the lineup, was carrying this team offensively at times. He was 10 of 25 from the field, 2 of 5 from beyond the arc. He had 2 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 steals. And they also got 17 points from Frank Nilakina, his season high thus far. In 35 minutes, he was 5 of 12 from the field. He had 2 threes, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals. Nine points for Sterling Brown in 28 minutes. He had three rebounds, two assists. Five points for Dwight Powell, rounding out the starting lineup. He had seven rebounds and two assists, and he was plus 18. That was actually by far the team high. And off the bench for the Mavs, they got 10 points from Brandon Knight, another recent acquisition, the backup point guard. In 21 minutes, was two of four from the field. He had two rebounds and three assists, although he was negative 12 in the plus-minus. They also got 9 points from Theo Pinson in 22 minutes. He had 5 rebounds. 6 points from Moses Brown, the backup big man, in 11 minutes. 4 points from Marquise Chris. He had 5 rebounds in 11 minutes. And 2 points from Charlie Brown Jr. in 8 minutes. And as for the Utah Jazz, they were led by Donovan Mitchell, 33 points in 35 minutes. He was 11 of 26 from the field, just 1 of 7 from 3, but he was 10 of 11 from the free throw line, and he had 3 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 steals. 
They also got 25 points from Bojan Bogdanovic in 25 minutes. He was 9 of 14 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, so really efficient game for Bogdanovic, and he had 4 rebounds, 1 assist, and 1 steal. 22 points from Mike Conley in 31 minutes. He was 6 of 12 from the field. He had 3 threes, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, and 1 steal. A double-double for Rudy Gobert, 10 points and 11 rebounds, and he stuffed the stat sheet. One assist, two steals, and two blocks. He was 4 of 6 from the field. And Royce O'Neal rounding out the starting lineup for the Jazz. He was negative 21 in the plus-minus, which was by far the team low, but he had 3 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists. And then off the bench for the Jazz, all four of the guys who saw the court were positive in the plus-minus, and they were led, in fact, by Joe Ingles. He was plus 24, but he was just 1 of 6 from the field. He had 2 points, 2 rebounds, and 6 assists. The leader in terms of scoring off the bench was Jordan Clarkson. In 27 minutes, he had 12 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, and 1 steal. 9 points for the backup big man Hassan Whiteside in 14 minutes. He had 7 rebounds and 3 blocks. And 4 points for Rudy Gay in 19 minutes. He was also 1 of 4 from the field. He had 3 rebounds, 1 assist, and 1 steal. All right, and that will do it for our box score breakdown. So we can now move on to fantasy, the standout and surprising fantasy lines of the night. And we had a couple of really good options. Uh, despite just having five games on in the NBA, there was several huge lines. Of course, you had 36 points from Giannis Antetokounmpo. The two-time MVP had 12 rebounds and five assists, and he was carrying his team late in this game. So it was really tough not to go with him. You also had a really efficient 34-point scoring performance from Patty Mills. And then you had a couple of other really good lines. James Harden was probably the toughest omission. He had a triple-double, 36 points in 39 minutes. He had 10 rebounds and 10 assists, but he wasn't super efficient, just 10 of 25 from the field and 13 of 17 from the free throw line. So in the end, it has to be LeBron James once again. He has just been incredible over this last couple of uh, weeks here with no Anthony Davis in the lineup. He's been carrying the team, and they are not winning, but he is still putting up insane fantasy numbers. In this game, he had 39 points points in 40 minutes. He was 14 of 25 from the field, so incredible efficiency. He was 8 of 9 from the free throw line, and he had 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, and a block. It is just insane what this guy is doing at age 36. Unrivaled, except for maybe Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Karl Malone in terms of his longevity over the course of his career. So once again, LeBron James is your standout line of the night. And as for surprising line of the night, once again, we're going to go with Kemble Walker. That's two games in a row where Kemble Walker has been your surprising line of the night. He, of course, scored 44 in their previous matchup. And in this game, he had a triple-double. 10 points, 10 rebounds, and 12 assists for Kemba Walker. Now, he wasn't super efficient at all, 3 of 12 from the field, and he didn't have any steals or blocks, but nonetheless, the triple-double just out of nowhere for Kemba Walker, not a guy you typically associate with racking up a ton of rebounds, but nonetheless, he was really productive for the second game in a row, despite not scoring efficiently in this one. So Kemba Walker is your surprising line of the night, and LeBron James is your standout line of the night. All right, and with that, we can move on now to our preview for today, Sunday, December the 26th. And we have a bunch of games on in the NBA today. Starting off in Miami, the Heat are taking on the Orlando Magic, and the Heat are minus 9. In Cleveland, the Cavaliers are taking on the Toronto Raptors, and the Cavs are minus 7. In Washington, the Wizards face the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Sixers are minus 3.5. In Sacramento, the Kings take on the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Grizz are minus 4.5. In Oklahoma City, the Thunder are taking on the New Orleans Pelicans, battle of the two of the bottom teams in the Western Conference, and the Thunder are minus one. In San Antonio, the Spurs take on the Detroit Pistons, and the Spurs are minus ten. In Chicago, the Bulls are taking on the Indiana Pacers, and the Bulls are minus nine. 
And finally, in Los Angeles, the Clippers are taking on the Denver Nuggets, and the Nuggets are minus three and a half. All right, so some interesting lines here, some surprisingly high lines. I'm a bit surprised that the Spurs are 10-point favorites against the Pistons, who have been one of the worst teams, or in fact the worst team in the entire NBA over the past couple of weeks. But nonetheless, the Spurs being 10-point favorites is a little bit surprising to me. I'm also a little bit surprised that the Chicago Bulls, who are still a little bit shorthanded, are minus 9 favorites over the Indiana Pacers. They have been locked into that 13th seed in the Eastern Conference for quite some time now. But nonetheless, that just seems like a little bit high of a line considering some of the absences that the Chicago Bulls are still dealing with. And then finally, I was a little bit surprised to see the Washington Wizards plus three and a half at home versus the Philadelphia 76ers. They're obviously higher in the standings than Philadelphia right now, but I guess you could say the Sixers have been playing a little bit better recently, but they're not exactly um, lighting the world on fire. They are just five and five in their last 10, but the Wizards are just three and seven in their last 10. And at this point, they're just one game up on the 76ers. So can't really go with that one. Ultimately, we just got one best bet for today, and it's going to be the Cleveland Cavaliers minus seven at home versus the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors have just been a little bit disappointing lately. Even though they've got OG Ananobi and a couple of guys back recently from injury, they're still just five and five in their last 10 games. They do have a plus 1.2 point differential, which is better than a couple teams around them. But nonetheless, I've just got all the faith in the world right now in the Cleveland Cavaliers. They did lose their previous game as they were missing a couple of guys, but I think they'll have most of their uh, key guys back in the lineup for this game. They are a very impressive plus 5.4 in the point differential, which is the best in the Eastern Conference, and they're still 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. They're just three and a half games off the top spot in the Eastern Conference. So I think the Cleveland Cavaliers can absolutely go toe-to-toe with anybody in the Eastern Conference right now especially the Toronto Raptors. And so I will take the Cavaliers minus seven at home. And that will do it for us today. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to follow the show on social, we are at NBA Recap Pod, or you can just search YouTube or smart speakers for NBA Recap Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to recap all of those games from today and to preview the action for Monday, December the 27th. Until then, thanks for tuning in.